By speaking with local creators, artists, and business professionals, Papercut aims to cut deep and demystify the Winnipeg creative industry with hometown heroes and hidden gems. Brought to you by the West End Cultural Center, the best place for over 30 years to see live music in Winnipeg. Welcome to Paper Cut Podcast. My name is Jared Goche. I'm Olivia Michaelchuk, and we're here with Courtney Krebsbach. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> that was, yes. Tell Proper us a bit about yourself. Oh, well, I am 26. Mm-hmm. I'm doing music full-time, and trying to do music full-time anyway. <laughs> when you do it, you feel like you're not doing it yet. When I don't know. It's good. Yeah, I'm already going to go on to a tangent there, but I'm... That's moving. okay. We have half an hour. Oh, great. Perfect. We, we love tangents. Oh, I'm full of tangents, trust me, but uh, I'm moving here from the States. I'm immigrating, so I'm in the process of becoming a permanent resident in Canada. That's almost all done, so that's amazing. I'm in a whole bunch of bands in the city, and yeah. <laughs> awesome. Can you walk us through some of the bands that you're in right now? Yeah. So my baby, my pet project is called Amadians, which is actually American and Canadian put together. Oh, so oh, that's where that came from. Yeah, it is words. not a word. We made it up. <laughs> Apparently, there's a region in the Sudan that's it's like the Amadi region. So the people of that area are called Amadians. So it's the only other thing I've ever experienced that's like spelled the same. But uh, yeah, so we have uh, basically all of the Google results when you put in Amadians because it's not a word. And that's how you say it. Lots of people are like, what the heck is that? It's like misspelled Acadians. That's what it always autocorrects to. I'm like, no, it's actually just not a word. Um, yeah, so that's my that's my baby. That's what I do most of my time. And it's like soul, rock, pop put together. And that's been very exciting for me. And then I'm also an Odd Outfit. I just joined last year. So I've done three or four shows with them so far. It's like a, like a psychedelic soul project, which is... Like, my favorite thing ever is, like, Thundercat and, uh, like, those, like, Jay Dilla hip-hop projects, too, that are kind of that more jazzy side of things, which is what I went to school for, so I have a big part of my heart that is for that kind of music, so it fulfills a different kind of uh, musical area for me. And then I sing with Roman Clark, I sing his harmonies, and then I also sing with Kenzie Jane, I sing her harmonies, and then there's other freelance stuff, like, I've done stuff with Ariel Posen, and then I'm... Now I'm doing a show soon with uh, Jess Eyre from Sweet Alibi. Let's see, we say her last name. I've never actually had to say it out loud. That's what it, <laughs> like, it spells like it sounds like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. If you're here, yeah, sorry Jess if I butchered it. I get it. <laughs> but yeah, so just trying to do as much singing as possible all the time. I don't say no to much. <laughs> That's awesome. So was your first band Amadians? Yeah, actually. It was okay. my very first band at all. And I actually, how did that come about? So, uh, when I moved to the city in 2015, I was going to school at the U of M for jazz, and I was trying, I was really, really forward about, like, inserting myself into the scene. I just put up, like, flyers everywhere on, like, corkboards that I did not ask permission to do. I just, like, put up my, like, my email <laughs> saying, do you want to jam? Here's, like, kind of music that I like to do. I, uh, just went to lots of shows. I tried to make friends as soon as possible, so... I ended up working admin for Angie Lamoran of Pop Sports Entertainment and Management, which is now managing us, but I ended up doing just some work for her because she needed a temp admin when I was uh, in school. It was a good job for me, and uh, she found out that I was a musician, and she says, oh, my best friend plays guitar, and it ended up being James, so we did like a little benefit concert to uh, for Jocelyn Hospice, and we got along really well, and we were like, oh, we should songwrite sometime, and then we just did a lot, and then all of a sudden we had 
seven or eight songs, and we're like, well, I guess we'll have to make a band then. But I'd actually been dating Kyle Fox, who used to play in a whole bunch of bands in the city, too. It's our drummer now. I've been dating him for over seven years. I met him when he was on tour in Fargo when I was still living there. So, uh, yeah, it was easy, obviously, to ask him to drum for me because we were a bit of a package deal there. And, yeah, his good friend Ian liked the project, too, so he joined in after. And it was very, like, it just came together very naturally, and there were lots of people in my life that, like, that band filled a hole in their life that they were looking to fill for them, which was really great. Like, and it ended up being a band full of my best friends, which is so perfect. Like, it was just, it, it almost felt like divine intervention, them all coming together. And yeah, it just, it happened very naturally. That's also. awesome. Yeah. So why did you decide University of Manitoba? Because I was going to school for opera for the first part of my degree, and I liked to sing, and I knew that, but I didn't like opera as a creative outlet I still felt very empty I felt not at all fulfilled by it so I still wanted to go to college because I was green I was very very fresh to music like I didn't get any sort of training when I was a kid I didn't even really know until I got older that I liked to do it to begin with so um, I was like well I I still want to learn more but I don't want to do opera so the closest thing to that was jazz so I was looking at either a university in Minneapolis or U of M because I was living in Fargo and they didn't really have a program for me. Like any jazz program that was offered in Fargo was usually instrument based. There wasn't like a vocal teacher at all. It just, they they didn't have the program that I needed. So Kyle was already living here. I'd been dating him for two and a half years and I was like, well, it's a pretty easy decision then at that point. I'm not going to move seven hours away. So I came to U of M. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Sorry. No, I just said, whoa. Oh, that's a huge decision. It was a big one and it continues to be a big one. But I am super duper 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 passionate about what I've done since I moved here. And I basically just like put myself into maximum overdrive for let's do this. We're going to make a run at it. I'm going to work really, really, really hard. I'm going to say yes to everything. I'm going to make the friends I need to make. I'm going to practice tons and I'm going to make it happen. And I'm still in that mode. And luckily enough, it's been nice because I was able to fundraise to get my sponsorship application going because once I left school, I had to start the permanent application. So, or the permanent resident application, which is uh, Kyle sponsoring me. So it's a really arduous, expensive, awful process. (laughs) It's super stressful, but I hired an immigration lawyer and I was able to fundraise for that, which was really, really nice. And everything that I've done up until now, I've just worked really hard at and I'm ready to continue doing that. So it's really scary, but I I, I don't know. I I, I have an attitude that if you like put all of your energy and belief into something it, you very well can make it happen so I'm just trying to it's the good vibes thing right like I think karma is very important too. just try to put out as much goodness as I possibly can while also staying focused and hope it that some you know planets align and I can make it work yeah <laughs> and I love Canada like from the minute I moved here I was like oh yeah this is much more my scene Mm-hmm. I really, really, really like it here. Yeah, I actually get very defensive about Winnipeg when people complain about it. Like, I get it. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. didn't have to grow up here, so yeah. I don't have that perspective. But I just, it's such a rich city in terms of like culture and music and arts, and based on what I'm used to, because I grew up in North Dakota and it's a cultural, like, wasteland there's there's no sort of art it's true it's it's really true there isn't a lot of interest in it even like when I was in school that's why I didn't get training like my music teacher didn't she didn't put in a whole lot of effort to teach me theory there wasn't private lessons it was just choir and that was it you know and they've 
put a lot of money towards sports and that was typically what the, the teachers were encouraging so that was why it was so fresh but it's also why it's really lovely to live here and I don't take it for granted because there's no interest down there there's no yeah there's not even really a lot of kids that like find that passion which I think is really unfortunate because in a place like North Dakota I think music would be a great outlet for them but yeah, that, I just, I don't take it for granted that people here are genuinely interested and genuinely very creative, but I've met some of the best people I've ever met in my entire life in the music scene here. So yeah, I'm just very grateful for that. So your partner had, or has obviously a lot of ties to the local scene here in Winnipeg. Yeah. Did you jump into it? Did you come to some shows before deciding, hey, I like this scene, I want to be involved in it? No, I kind of didn't. I, I kind of... <laughs> <laughs> didn't ever think about it. So you just threw yourself right in? <laughs> I really like, did. Cool, A lot of cool. that whole head-first thing is kind of my style, which is probably stressful for all of my family and <laughs> people who care about me. But, yeah, I, I usually, when I get excited about something and I just, like, feel at home right away, that's all it really takes. And I'm not an overly analytical person. I kind of just do what feels good. <laughs> so Winnipeg felt really good. And, and I had not met a bad person to boot when I when I was coming up here and visiting Kyle. Like, it was two and a half years of every weekend coming up and going to shows with Kyle and uh, taking in a lot of the arts and, like, what Winnipeg has to offer from afar, too, because I could go home and, you know, I only really saw the cool stuff for a while because I was coming for two days, so we packed it full of fun things to do. But, yeah, no, I, I just always loved it and I never had any any doubts that I was making the right decision. Well, in defense to Fargo, they usually get some of the bigger acts that will, like, skip over Winnipeg. Like, sometimes, mm -hmm. yeah, like Minneapolis and stuff like that. I find that that's been recently. But when I was living there... Mm, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We would get, like, pink. And, like, okay. the random sort <laughs> yeah. of, like... Stuff you probably Mama's didn't want to see. Love this concert yeah. sort of thing. <laughs> and then lots of, like, the Blue Rodeo style. And then there's nothing wrong with that. That's just, like, where that interest lies in North Dakota so there, yeah there's no like I wouldn't have, I saw Childish Gambino in Winnipeg that would never have happened in Fargo like there's no way so and that was also kind of cool too because uh, we really don't get any sort of music act that isn't either like a mainstream arena act or a country band and that's pretty much it throughout Childish Gambino was that at the University of Manitoba yes it that was that was wild I was there too it was a dope concert <laughs> That was so oh, strange. Was that Frosh? Yeah. 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 Okay. I was there. There too. wasn't yeah, a yeah. lot of people there. there yeah. We were like right in. Well, I loved Gambino from the. He was at Comic Con and released Bonfire, which is like his first single, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is the best thing I've ever heard. So Kyle and I knew every word, and we were like right in the front. Yeah. We were looking around. We were like, people are not digging this. Like people weren't <laughs> rapping along like we were. People were like talking to each other with the backs turned to the stage. And I was like, you guys are missing the greatest thing to ever happen in yeah. Winnipeg. They probably yeah. don't even remember that they saw it. Probably not. Yeah. They don't even know the connection. Like yeah. this he, very famous person was the one that you saw at Frosh. But I they were all like, He was still early in his rapping yeah. career, but he was like still famous. Like yeah, he, he was, was on community on. at that yeah. point. Yeah, like for sure. I loved community. Writing like, for Thirty Rock for a long time by that yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah, so talented. We <laughs> <laughs> just got on a childish Gambino talking Yeah, yeah talk this is more that. about him than it yeah. is about <laughs> you now. <laughs> I, yeah, so, I what's your favorite that. childish Gambino song? Now that oh, we're on this, we're gonna need more than thirty. Yeah. So, how did you get involved with Roman? With Roman, actually, fun fact, I was up here for a show that Kyle was playing with Roman in 2012. Oh, really? When they were still Until Red, I met them really, really long time ago when I was just up uh, visiting one weekend, and I love their music. 
from the get-go. And uh, after that, like, Kylie used to be in Panic Land, so they played quite oh. a bit. Yeah, there's the... Connection. Oh, yeah. There it is! Yeah, I quit in 2015, but... Uh, yeah, so they played a bunch of shows together, so I saw them quite frequently after that. And then when I moved, he was one of the first person that I texted being like, hey, you want to do some music stuff? And then that was right around the time when he was writing some songs, trying to get his solo project off the ground. So it just kind of lined up right. And yeah, it was, was kind of nice, too, because it didn't ever, it, to this day, doesn't feel like a, like a really businessy thing. It's just like a whole bunch of friends chilling out. And it, like everybody in the group has known each other for a really long time, and it's it's really nice. It feels like a family at this point. It's sweet. That's see, awesome. I see yeah. that I would have asked Odd Outfit first. I hope you got with Odd Outfit because I think this is a little bit odd, odder. <laughs> I, don't, I didn't mean to. I couldn't think of another word. No. I'm like, stupid. I'm I liked it. Stupid. I liked it. It's okay. good. It's good. But it is a little stranger than Roman Clark. Like that's how'd you get how'd you get an odd outfit? How that happened? Yes. Yeah, so okay. uh, Kyle used to play in a band with Graham, who's the keyboard player in Odd Outfit. And it was called Jarrett Lobley Project. It was like a really long time ago. That was the band he joined after Panic Land. And uh, they got along super well. And Graham is such a good keyboard player. And he has been for the entirety of my knowing him. And so um, we got him to play on the Amadians EP. Uh, and he did like all the vintage Rhodes parts. And he just, just killed it. And we just had a good time. And then the singer from Odd Outfit moved. And they just needed somebody to... Who is the singer from Odd Outfit? Dana Waldo. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I yeah, I can't remember her last name exactly, but... Yeah. Amazing. Absolutely she was only amazing. in for a few shows, though, hey? I think so, I think so. It's like they decided they want a singer, and then she was like, bye. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then they... It. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, so then Graham, they just were like, well, keep your eye out for a singer. And Graham was like, oh, Courtney's good times. And, and I, like, I have a jazz background. Like, like, lots of people think I'm like this, like a big pop singer, because that's what I do a lot, but... Uh, I do can definitely. I love me some jazz. I love me some jazz. It's like where a big portion of my heart lies. So it just really like fulfills that part of me. And I also get to improvise like a ton in an outfit, which is sweet because I never get to do that in, in basically any of the other bands. Yeah. So basically, I was just friends with Graham and <laughs> met the guys and, and yeah, vibed really well. It's a good band. I like that band. Yeah. <laughs> so. Who is your stage persona versus your outside world persona? Because she's different than you That's now. That's a great question. I named her. Okay. I had a feeling you <laughs> named her because it's like a very... I did not... I, I've met you a few times, but not in enough... Not enough times to like experience this like energy yeah. and like when I see you on stage this energy is not the energy that you see you're like very not saying you're not cool now but like very chill like you know that makes me very happy to hear that because the reason why I had to make this persona lady was because I have this horrible awful crippling stage fright oh really and it's really really bad and uh it has manifested itself in the last like year or so especially with the move it was really hard like back home you're it's it, you have this element of comfort with you and especially with university it's always a learning setting so you never feel this pressure as much like you do for a grade but it's not this existential creative pressure that you feel like you're not you know being your truest self and you're not at your best like musicianship wise it's sort of like a you're still a student kind of thing but when I moved here and then it was just a combination of an unfamiliar environment a scene that I wasn't a part of yet wanting to be accepted really badly by this scene and and still being insecure and and being a few years behind the gamut from where I really really wanted to be and really envied where others were it just 
combine to make this crippling anxiety and uh, stage fright that I, I, I got nervous before, but nothing like recently. It's been, it's been tough, but I really found that I named her Adira, which is Hebrew for strong woman. And I, to activate her, it's literally this sort of mental process that I have. I have to actually convince myself, right? I just choked on my water. Right? I know. I, I, I know how silly her. it sounds, I'm but sorry. I draw a heart on my wrist. And when I do that, I'm in Adira mode. And really? Yeah. It's, it's Sorry, really, can you say that again? I was actually catching my it's breath. All good. So how do you activate her? I, draw, I just draw a heart on my wrist. Before every show. Before shows, yeah. Whoa. Especially ones that I'm really like like really scared for or like just overthinking a ton. You sound better when you don't think. And if is if you can just detach yourself from that egotistical part of you that wants to be good and you can just be involved in the music, then you always sound better and you're always just more true to what you actually would do in like an improv setting, which is like to me that like unattainable sense of self that every musician is searching for is they always want to be able to let go and sort of be in a trance during music so that's kind of what she helps me to do I and I honestly do treat her like a different person because it really it, it's a very you have to mentally convince yourself that it's it's go time and it's actually I'm, I'm very interested in the concept of sports psychology and it's it's like the practice that uh, coaches will use to talk to people that are in the Olympics or like in really, really high pressure sports situations like the Stanley Cup finals or something. And they'll coach people and teach them about centering. And, and it's basically focusing all of your energy on the task at hand and clearing your mind. And so one of the things that they suggest is to is to make that part the, the part of you that is performing a different part of you so that you can reach over and grab that part of you and leave behind all of the things that sort of hold you back. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, I've been trying really hard to to like develop that and it's it's been helping a ton. It's there's still work to be done, but yeah, I am a lot different than <laughs> than I am on stage when people talk to me and I do find that People are surprised a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, okay, for people that haven't seen you perform, perhaps, like, give us, like, three words about you yourself right now Thanks. and three words of, that describe her. Okay, so, like, when I think of her, I think of cool, for sure. <laughs> I, I, I think of unconcerned, because that side of me is, it does not care whether or not the audience likes it. That side of me is just doing what feels right. And then, oh, what would be, like, a third word? I don't know. I just want to say, like, badass, because that's what I really try to grasp at. Mm -hmm. It's like a diva attitude. Yeah, and I feel like the more that you kind of, like, pretend to be that, the more you convince yourself that you are, which is really helpful in a performance situation. You obviously, those, that facet of your life and your normal life, that they shouldn't collide. Like, keep that ego away from your your social life. But, uh, yeah, I just, it really has has helped me oh yeah the other three words <laughs> the words that describe me I don't know blah. I'm very optimistic <laughs> I'm very loud and I'm very nervous all the time about everything and that and Adira is not she does not get nervous but I do <laughs> so when she's activated are there any other <laughs> sorry <laughs> I know activated. I love that real. term I love that yeah, term yeah it's great so when she's activated are there any pre-show rituals that she needs to do just to make sure that she's ready for each performance <laughs> Uh, oh, yeah, like, I check a million times to make sure I have enough water. Smart. <laughs> Sometimes when I'm doing a ton of shows or if it's just a late show or I was up late the night before, I have this little, it's just like a throat coat spray that helps, so I'll double check 18 times to make sure I have one in my pocket. And, yeah, switching out batteries and in-ears, like, 
religiously. Just little thing, nitpicky things like that, like like that I wouldn't necessarily do. Because I also, the side of me that is not Adira is very flighty. I'm very, like, kind of up head in the clouds a little bit. And she's very, like, focused. So, yeah, I, I find it's just kind of like this antithesis, but not in a negative way of me. It's just the the... The parts of myself I'm trying to ingrain are her, and they're not yet ingrained, so I do have to still pull a little bit from, you know, something else to convince myself. And I honestly think that's all it is. It's just convince yourself over time. Like, anybody performing has had nerves, but they convince themselves through practice and experience that there's nothing to be worried about, and I'm not quite there yet. So it's just kind of a really unique way of dealing with nerves. Yeah, I know how crazy it sounds, but really is helpful <laughs> so how often a week do you do music like every single day every day every minute of my life that I can and even in in situations where I'm sitting in the car or watching tv and stuff I often am singing in my head mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's just little melodies or scales or whatever and uh it might actually be a little bit of a symptom of my anxiety because I always have to be doing something I'm very fidgety as well it I will use my fingers to like play scales in my head, like one through eight are <laughs> my fingers and I will just play little melodies in my head. But music is a language. It's just as much like speech as it is an art form. So with speech or with any sort of communication, you have to be doing it often in order to be super fluent. And the more you do it, the more you get, you know, different dialects, the more you get um, different messages that you can send in different unique ways and music is the exact same way like the more melodies that you subject yourself to the different kinds of music the more like all the different kinds of things that you can digest will help you so I just try to be thinking about it a lot and digesting it as often as I can because it just keeps you at peak and that that way too it practice doesn't feel like practice it just you're just doing what you've always done and you're just keeping it ingrained Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how many band practices? Like uh, every day? Like, uh, twice a week for one, once a week for another. And then with Roman, it's really difficult because he's out of town all the time. And so, yeah, when you get, like, as busy as him, you just get practices when you can. Like, it's, oh, I'm home for two days, so we'll rehearse both days. And then he'll leave for another three weeks. And you just have to kind of take it upon yourself to keep listening to the tunes and, like, make sure you know what you're doing. And then just sing to yourself in your practice sessions or in your head while you're watching TV like I do. <laughs> Is there more pressure when you're singing harmonies than when you're singing, like, as a front person? Sometimes I feel like there's less because uh, it's a little more choral. Then being a front person, like with a front person, you're constantly thinking about all the stylistic, like the stylistic choices you're going to make, and like all the even down to the way you pronounce things, like determines what you sound like. And a lot of times I overthink those things, but with uh, harmonies, I'm thinking just about the pitch and blending. So I'm actually more into the music sometimes with harmonies, and I'm not as concerned. And and the fact that I'm not the center of attention is real. It's my favorite thing ever. I love just being tucked in the back. I, if I could do that in a maintenance, if I could sing from backstage, I would. <laughs> like, I really would. It would eliminate all my, my uh, nerves. But, yeah, it, sometimes if I think to myself, okay, it has to be perfect because this person has high standards, I can kind of, like, trick myself into being nervous. But a lot of times I'm not. I don't know why that is. I think it's just because it's more about the music, so I let it be more about that, and I can kind of step away and be like... I've practiced this. I trust myself. We're going to make it happen. So do you have time for any other projects? Like, if people are approaching you with projects, you make them work? You can make them work? Yeah, like, I've done some Conrad 
Sweatman is a guy in the city who's been doing uh, some electronic music in his uh, spare time. And he just put out a six song EP and I did a, like a song on there and I'm gonna do another song with him. So I like, do like free, little freelance, like one off things like that whenever possible. Like I definitely, as often as I can, especially if the project is something I really, really like, like Conrad's music was amazing. So I was like super, super excited to make that work. Then absolutely, like oftentimes I hear like I don't have time, but I, there's something about that that I really hate because <laughs> there's, there's always time. You can always make time for the stuff that you're really passionate about. and. And that's what I try to do. A lot of times, uh, harmony gigs are always a yes. Like, and I've been trying to get more into uh, editing and like videography work too. And so, if anybody ever wants help with that, I'm always like yes, just for the experience. But yeah, like I couldn't take on another full time band. There would be no way. But little things for sure. Like if if someone needed studio vocals or that kind of thing, I'm always down for that. Always. Yeah, but no more time for a full-time band. Please. Probably not unless I wasn't involved in the songwriting because the songwriting takes so much time and especially to develop a skill mm. that's like unique in every project. Like my songwriting in Odd Outfit sounds absolutely nothing like my songwriting in Amadeus and it took a long time to figure out what it even was. So it takes a lot of time out of your practice time because you're songwriting, you know, it's trial and error, figuring out what you like and what actually works with this music as opposed to what you were doing before. And it's just a lot of de like development work that I just, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't fit in <laughs> and, and give it the attention that it actually deserves. But oh. yeah, if somebody else was songwriting, I probably could, but then That's it's so interesting. Yeah. I've never thought about that really, that about was, the time it takes to songwrite, hey? Yeah, yeah. And that was actually going to be my next question uh, about what your dynamic is in each of the bands, like Odd Outfit, Animadians. Are you the primary songwriter or is it a collaborative effort? In Odd Outfit, we actually just jam when we songwrite, which is very new for me. In Animadians, James and I are the primary songwriters and he typically will make instrumentals just with like a DAW, like he has GarageBand. So he'll just make, with guitars and MIDI, he'll just make a demo track and then we'll arrange it together or he'll have the whole thing arranged and then I'll just listen to it and see if I have any melodies in mind. And then I have this super, super thick book of lyrics that I'm just writing a lot. And uh, so I'll go through them, see if something fits with the music and just kind of make it work that way. So that's been really cool. It's like a very different way of writing than Odd Outfit because Odd Outfit's very reactionary and you have to kind of go with the flow and... Uh, it's not super structured right off the bat, but James has like a finished instrumental for me a lot of times hmm. when I get there. But James and I also have been writing consistently for four years. Like it was not always like that, but now we're on this wavelength that we both just like have honed in on and we kind of just like get each other and what each other is going for. So the process has kind of been expedited, but it was like quite the time trying to get there. And there was a lot of songs that now we look back, we're like, that was, you know, like you have to write a lot of songs you hate or a lot of songs that you listen back on and you're like, that was bad. That has to happen first before you really find your sound. And I honestly think that would be the case with any band. Like Odd Outfit, I was lucky because a lot, most of the songs existed before I joined the band. So I just vibed with those tunes really well after that and learned their writing style as I practiced with them. But there was no real development work for me to do other than on my own end with my own melodies. But yeah, finding the actual core sound of a band is really hard and it takes time. It really does. Okay, I've got one last question for you. So, um, have you had the chance to tour with any of your bands yet through Fargo and bring the band back home? I have not. So, the, one of the stipulations of my immigration is that I cannot leave Canada until it's settled. I know, it's so lame. 
But I've wanted to for a really, really long time, and it's actually such a shame because I miss my family a lot, and a lot of my friends from back home are also musicians, and they all have their own projects now, and I haven't seen any of that. And they can't really, it's it's tough, you know, to cross borders and actually get shows and work. Like, there's just a lot of weird piece of things happening, and lots of times you just get denied. But that will hopefully be done by October, and then I can go. I'm wow. so excited. Yeah. That's so That's fantastic. Soon. That's so exciting. Yeah. Also, so sh- crappy. I'm sorry that's happening to you. It's all yeah. good. Like, it's, you, you just, yeah. It's, it'll it's, be such a build, and then when you get there, you'll be like, Fargo! The happiest you've ever been to be there. Yes, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it will guarantee be the most excited I'll. I've ever been to go to Fargo. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, Courtney, yeah, for coming by. Yeah, for having me. Ready? And thank, thank you, you for cutting, cutting deep with us on Paper, Paper Cut, Cut Podcast. Podcast. Thanks. Thanks.